It's the 32nd Sunday in Ordinary Time here at Good Shepherd Catholic Church in State College, Pennsylvania. The date is November 11, 2018. Today's readings come from 1 Kings, chapter 17, verses 10 through 16, as well as Hebrews, chapter 9, verses 24 through 28. The Gospel proclamation comes from Mark, chapter 12, verses 38 through 44. Today's homily is given by Father Charlie Amershek. In the following passage from the first book of Kings, a poor widow in desperate straits provides from her scarcity a meal for God's prophet Elijah. Our God would not let this poor woman and her sons starve because they were courageous in their generosity. A reading from the first book of Kings. Elijah, the prophet, set out and went to Zarephath. When he came to the gate of the town, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and said, Bring me a little water in a vessel so that I may drink. As she was going to bring it, he called out to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. But she said, As the Lord our, your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of meal in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I am now gathering a couple of sticks so that I may go home and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, Do not be afraid. Go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me, and afterwards make something for yourself and for your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, The jar of meal will not be emptied, and the jug of oil will not fail until the day that the Lord sends rain on the earth. She went and did as Elijah said, so that she, as well as he and her household, ate for many days. The jar of meal was not emptied, neither did the jug of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord that that was spoken by Elijah. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The following passage from the letter to the Hebrews speaks of Jesus as the high priest who offered his life to take away the sins of many. When Christ comes again, he's coming in glory to bring salvation to those who await him. A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Christ did not enter a sanctuary made by human hands, a mere copy of the true one, but he entered into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Nor was it to offer himself again and again as the high priest enters the holy place year after year with blood that is not his own. For when he would have had to suffer again and again, since, the found, since then he would have had to suffer again and again since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he appeared once for all at the end of the age to remove sin by the sacrifice of himself. 
And just as it is appointed for human beings to die once, and after that comes the judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Listen to this reading. It comes from the gospel according to Mark. In the course of his teaching, Jesus said to the crowds, Beware of the scribes who like to go around in long robes and accept greetings in the marketplaces, seats of honor in the synagogues, and places of honor at banquets. They devour the houses of widows and, as a pretext, recite lengthy prayers. They will receive a very severe condemnation. Jesus sat down opposite the treasury, and he observed how the crowd put money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. And then a poor widow also came, and and she put in two small coins worth a few pennies. Calling his disciples to himself, Jesus said to them, Amen. I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all the other contributors to the treasury. For they have all contributed from their surplus wealth. But she, from her poverty, has contributed all she had, her whole livelihood. The Gospel of the Lord. Why was the poor widow willing to give her entire livelihood to the temple? What did the temple mean for her and for faithful Jews like her? The temple was huge. The walls were, I think, miles long. And and the temple building itself became for the faithful Jew a symbol of God's presence. You remember our Jewish ancestors, they had been in exile a number of times. They had been oppressed by strong, strong leaders and and governments and nations. The temple became for the faithful Jew a living, physical presence of the presence of God. It was a symbol of the presence of God the God of our ancestors, the God who would never let us down. (laughs) 
the woman in the story respects, loves the temple as the symbol of the presence of God, the place where people could hear the word of God in scripture, the place where people could gather together as God's covenant people, the place where people could offer sacrifice in worship to the God who was their God, the God who loved them and whom they loved. This poor widow was willing to give her last pennies, her livelihood to the temple because the temple for her and for other faithful ones, the temple was where they knew the presence and the love of God. Brandon Zalupko is here with us today. He's the chairperson of our finance council. And Brandon is going to talk to us as the granddaughters and grandsons of that widow who gave from her want because the temple was so important to her. Thanks. So my name is Brandon, and I sit on the finance council with Father Charlie Mary Ellen Bucknavich, Frank Gatto, Karen Lesh, Krista Caparelli, and Carmine Scuddy. November is traditionally Stewardship Month. And with this week's gospel reading, we felt at an opportune time to have a touch point with everyone. Now, by everyone, I'm going to classify us into three groups, okay? There's the analytical, people that just like the facts, you know, just the, just the facts, Jim, something like that. The motivational, people that like a goal. And the emotional, individual that need to be moved by the spirit. So here's some basic information to start off. So on the finance council, we analyze activity into two buckets. There's general weekly operations activity. That's weekly donations, contributions, and inflows and outflows from operating the church. And then there's the building fund activity. It's the second bucket. That's money from capital raises, debt reduction contributions, and our mortgage payment. Our five-year capital campaign associated with this expansion ended close to four months ago. And from that point, we've been focused on spreading the word of this facility and monitoring trends. So now for the data lovers, the analysts. Here's what we can tell you. After concluding our capital campaign through now, we have a little over $200,000 reserved in our building fund. It's pretty good. It's a nice little cushion. Since 2016, we have tripled facility rental activity from about $10,000 a year to about $30,000 a year. So that's positive. From an operational standpoint, we are budgeting a profit of close to $10,000 this year, which can help offset deficits in other areas or be put towards other programs. So here's some trends. The building fund donations, those are capital contributions and things in the red envelope, those aren't quite keeping pace with the monthly mortgage payment. Our monthly mortgage payment is about $25,000 a month. It's a large number, it's big but we do achieve that from month to month, so it's not unattainable. To keep pace with monthly mortgage payments, the parish would need around $50 a month 
per registered family. And the reality is that number is probably closer to $70 a month per trackable contrib contributing families. So at that current pace, we anticipate depleting that $200,000 building reserve fund in about 12 months. Okay? So that's the information for all you data lovers out there. It's not bad, but there's a challenge that's kind of out there. It's looming. So let's move to the motivational crowd for all the goal-oriented people out there. Here is our plea. The Finance Council wants you to focus on three areas. And we like to refer to this as the trinity of financial stewardship. Number one, consistency. Consider taking an auto draft form out in the gathering space and signing up for it. You're all generous while you're here. But it's a reality that life takes you away from the parish from time to time. Don't let your physical absence prevent your otherwise consistent, generous weekly support. Commitment. Number two, many of us are fortunate enough to own our own homes. The initial foundational capital pledge drive is over, but we are still left with a mortgage. Please give something each month to the red envelopes. Give to our debt reduction. The seasoned parishioners, those who help build the first you know, phase of this church, they set a high bar by paying off the original mortgage on this facility by a number of years. I think it was like seven years early, something like that. It was, it was quite impressive. And this was largely achieved by being aggressive with donations to the building fund, those red envelopes, the debt reduction. So why not us? Why not again? Number three, community. Many of us know the phrase, if you build it, they will come. But the reality is more, if you build it, will they come? Generally, the answer has been yes. There's a lot of activity here over a course of a week. But remember, part of our mission is to have a reasonable and accessible space that is welcoming, accessible, and affordable. So continue to be our advocates. Refer your leads, hold an event here, or help book an event here so that they can experience what makes this parish beautiful and special. And I promise you that Jeff Sowash and Jim Mond will take great care of them. And with that, I now ask for the ears of the emotional. We are the Church of the Good Shepherd, a parish that calls us to build a welcoming community, support one another, and create a place of safety, solace, and love for all those who seek it. Our investment in this brick and mortar is a statement to our aspirations and an investment in our growth and development as good shepherds. And you can see it happening here every day. If you don't believe me, ask a newlywed couple who was able to afford a beautiful reception here with all the family and friends that they wanted. Ask one of our nonprofits who held an event and was able to retain a respectable amount of the proceeds from the event to further their mission. Ask an aspiring food business what it means to them to have an affordable kitchen to rent while they work and sweat to make their dreams come true. Ask a homeless mother or father what it means to them to tuck their children in at night during out of the cold weeks and wake up to a loving, greeting people getting ready to serve them breakfast in the morning. 
Ask those who prepare for the pancake breakfast or Lenten dinners. Yes, it's work. I've seen them set up. It's not, uh, <laughs> it does take time and effort, but you can see their pride in serving members in this parish and community. And finally, ask a family what it means to them after burying a father, a mother, a spouse, or a child, what it means to be supported by a passionate, loving community bonded by fellowship. That is what we are doing here. That is our call. We are the community of the Good Shepherd, and we are all called the analytical, the motivational, and the emotional. Please respond to that call in your own way and make an impact to our parish and community. Thank you, and I appreciate your attention. Thanks for listening to this week's service. For more information about our church, including upcoming events, please visit us online at goodshepherd-sc.org.